Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Do you ever need to send money internationally? I'm spending the next couple of months in Europe, but my home and business are back in Aruba, so I know just how crucial this process is. Let me tell you about the new, smarter, and cheaper way to send money internationally, transfer-wise. While there may be other ways to get your money from A to B, those transfers will cost you more than they should, a lot more, and it's the old way. But TransferWise uses clever new technology that gives you a great exchange rate and a low fee. The founders of TransferWise, Tavit and Christo, were just like you and me, frustrated by the bank's bad exchange rates and high fees from international transfers. They wondered, is there a way to bypass the banks entirely? So they built TransferWise. That was a whole seven years ago, and today more than 2 million people use TransferWise. There's people sending money back home, businesses paying their suppliers, freelancers getting paid, the list goes on. You can add yourself to that list today. Put some money in your pocket for the more important things in life, because no one's ever said it's important that my bank gets some extra money. Test it out for free at TransferWise.com podcast, or download the app. Once again, that's TransferWise.com podcast. TransferWise, the wise way to send money. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am actually today, right here, right now, recording my first ever podcast outside. Um, this is kind of the <laughs> the challenges of being on the road while committing to this podcast. It's always challenging to find a really quiet space to be in. For the first time ever, I'm outside, but I think we're going to do okay because it's a really quiet garden. I'm right here. There's a beautiful little pool and there's uh, trees and bushes and like olive trees everywhere. It's really beautiful. But if you hear something weird or random, it's probably not the baby, but um, I don't know. <laughs> Some random person might walk in here any moment. But as I said, I am outside, so it's it's a really, really nice for a change to just be in fresh air. Uh, if this works well, I might actually commit to doing this all the time because being outside is just so, oh, so needed for me right now. I am currently in Mossan les Salpil, which is uh, a tiny little town or a tiny little village uh, in the south of France. And I just landed after what might just be the world's most insane trip of <laughs> of all time. 
So on, yeah, we've been here in France, I think now almost two weeks, I want to say 10 days at least. Uh, my best friend is marrying Dennis's best friend, Olivia and Patrick. You guys have, I'm sure you've seen them in social media, our very best friends in the whole world. They're getting married on Friday, which is just absolutely wild. It's crazy how crazy it is. I mean, my best friend, my oldest best friend is marrying Dennis's you know, all this best friend. It's just, it's such a, such an amazing thing. And we're here for the wedding. Olivia grew up here in South of France. So the whole family, and there's about a hundred people there's, that are flying in from all over the world, from mostly Aruba and Sweden. And it's going to be a three-day wedding. It starts on Thursday, so tomorrow. And yeah, this podcast will release on the day of the wedding and I'm super excited, but I just had the craziest trip of all time and really reflecting on, reflecting on why I kind of <laughs> choose to do these insane things all the time. Um, so Friday, I think Friday morning, really, really early, I think I got up at four or five in the morning. I drove here from Mosan to Marseille, which is about an hour drive, uh, really early. I kind of woke the baby up and I said goodbye to the baby. And I drove to Marseille and then I flew from Marseille uh, to Paris, which is about two hours or an hour and a half. And I had a couple of hours in Paris and then I stepped on the plane to go to Los Angeles. And the reason I went to LA is because I was teaching a class at a festival there and it was something that I kind of committed to spur of the moment it was definitely not part of this Europe trip clearly you know we're already I mean we're in the middle of nowhere here in the south of France it's really kind of hard to get here um, so going to LA over the weekend or for just two days it wasn't at all part of the plan just going to Los Angeles from Aruba actually is a pain in the ass it's just it's really hard to get you know to the west coast if you're not <laughs> on that side of the world so going from Aruba to Los Angeles it's it's a pain and I was thinking you know I'm used to doing that and I go to Los Angeles all the time I have my brother there I have lots of friends there I teach there a lot usually once a year at least I teach in LA my agent is there you know we have a lot of reasons to go to Los Angeles so um, it's usually not that bad of a trip so I said yeah of course you know I can go there and teach that'll be fun and it was a long time ago since I did this kind of big public class I had to actually sit down and, and think about that like when was the last time I did you know like a tour or a big class and uh, the last time I taught anywhere that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't island yoga or the Luna Shawl at my home studio and teaching at home you know it's the easiest thing I kind of roll out of bed and I roll into the studio and there's you know same people or similar people um, I teach two or three times a week at home. So, you know, it's, it's very comforting and easy and just routine to teach. And the last time I had a class that was big and kind of out of my comfort zone, I was six or seven months pregnant and it was in this super weird <laughs> venue in New Jersey. Uh, there was like a last minute venue change. It was supposed to be somewhere else, but then the class was too big. So it was in something called the bubble. It was literally a bubble blown up. I think they use it for, for track and field and for kind of uh, running. And I, I, I don't know what they do. It's like sports, sport events. And I remember we got there, we had almost a thousand people, I think 950 or something joining. It's a really big class. And we got there and I was, you know, pretty pregnant. And I was like, you know what? The only thing, I, they were like, okay, we're sorry. We had a venue change. You know, this is the stage. It's going to be great. We're going to put super beautiful lighting and the sound and music and this and this and this and that. And I was like, everything looks, looks great. You know, all I need really, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pregnant. I just need a bathroom. So just, you know, in case of emergency that I can just go to the bathroom because it was a long event. And they were like, uh, yeah, <laughs> bathroom. Yeah, there's no bathroom in here. <laughs> so the entire venue, there was no bathroom anywhere, um, which just kind of 
brought me into this slightly panicky mode. So anyone that's been pregnant knows, you know, that, you know, and especially Leah Luna, like at that, that trimester, she was just kind of jumping on my bladder. That's what it felt like. I had to pee all the time. And I remember opening the class, you know, there was like a thousand people there literally. And I said, you know, you guys know I'm pregnant. And if there is an emergency and I'm like about to pee my pants, I'm going to put you in the longest child's pose of all time. Um, exit the building, go across the street and like into this, like, I don't know, there was like a locker room somewhere and I'm going to go to the bathroom and pee. So just, you know, bear with me if that happens. I really hope it doesn't. <laughs> and luckily I did it. I think I got just so into, you know, teaching. I didn't have to pee and it was, I was fine the whole way, but I was really panicked about it. But for this class in LA, I just thought, you know, it's been so long since I did something like that. And I really actually miss it. I miss the intensity of teaching a big class. I miss the community. I miss... I miss meeting all of you guys. I mean, that's that's literally that's just my favorite part. So for this festival, there's supposed to be this class and then also a meet and greet um, where I got to kind of hug people and say hi and meet and take photos or just talk and, and connect. So I, I said yes. And then as I was kind of planning my... <laughs> my escape from France, I realized like, whoa, this might have just been sort of a little too crazy, even for me. So what I decided to do was the, uh, the hardest part, of course, for me is leaving the baby. I've only left the baby once uh, before she was, that was also Los Angeles for two days. <laughs> but um, let's see, four months ago, three months ago. And I shared that a lot because it was such a panicky thing for me. I was so terrified to go. I'd never left her before. It was just, oh, it was so, 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 so hard. So this time around, you know, then also I was breastfeeding. So I was panicking about pumping and leaving enough, you know, a huge stash of breast milk for her because I was scared that breastfeeding would sort of end if I left, which actually in the end it kind of did. I don't know if it was because of that trip. She was already over it for a couple of weeks, but it was sort of the beginning of the end. But it was not a good time. Like that trip to LA was just, oh, it was, no, no. It was so intense, so short. I was so nervous the whole time. I was calling Dennis like every hour, you know, it was just, I was totally unable to relax. So for this trip, you know, she's much older now. I mean, she's 14 months, not breastfeeding. And she's really, really comfortable just being with Dennis. She's also super comfortable being with my mom and my sisters. So Dennis was away for Patrick's bachelor party in Biarritz in uh, uh, on the west coast of France, so like a surf trip. So the baby was alone with my mom and her aunts, my two sisters that were here at the same time. And what I decided to do is, okay, I'm going to go. I'm not going to freak out about it. I'm not going to make it a big thing. I'm just going to go and completely immerse myself in everything that's going on over there. So I'm not even going to call her which was just this drastically different approach than I had last time. Last time I was like, okay, I need to know what the baby's doing at all time. Is she sleeping? Is she eating? How long did she sleep? How much did she eat? <laughs> what did she do all day? How is she feeling? You know, I totally, you know, overdid it for sure. Um, so this time I decided, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to just relax and I'm going to immerse myself in Los Angeles and just be where I am and not even call her. Maybe check in like once, you know, or maybe twice the whole the whole trip. That was that was sort of my plan. So I make it from Mosan, I get to Marseille, I get to Paris, and then I step on the plane in Paris. And I had this idea, I mean, I wasn't really thinking. <laughs> I've never flown the exact trip, you know, Paris, Los Angeles before. Usually we fly through Amsterdam, but we fly through, you know, we fly Amsterdam, Aruba, or we fly to New York or via Sweden. And, you know, we go Europe, the States a lot, but just this trip I've never taken before. And then I sit down on the plane and the pilot goes, okay, so we have about an 11 and a, 11 and a half hours, uh, you know, clear skies, it's going to be a smooth ride. And I said, what? <laughs> 11 and a half hours? Like, and I'd already been traveling for like seven hours, <laughs> 11 and a half hours 
just, you know, on this one plane. Like that's an hour and a half longer than Aruba, Amsterdam, which is just the longest forking flight. So I was completely unprepared. And as I realized that, I was like, oh my God, this is really, you know, I'm crossing like nine time zones just to, to, to get to LA to teach this one very short class. Like it was a 45 minute or I stretched it to an hour. I managed to get a little extra time, but it was like an hour class. Who flies all the way from France to Los Angeles to teach an hour class? Like I was just on this plane, like, oh my God. Okay, okay. I have to remind myself, just be here now, be here now, uh, which is a challenge for me. I mean, I, I like to think it's a challenge for most of us, but I'm, I try to be very open and honest about this. Um, I got a comment the other day, and I, I'm going to talk about this a little bit too in this podcast because there has been a lot of talk about, you know, negative comments, and I have been sort of unable to put negative comments or not just negative comments, but I guess people that don't agree with what I do when I do things. Uh, normally, I'm pretty good at just kind of soldiering on and I do my thing and I don't, uh, there's this saying that I love to share, which is what other people think of me is none of my business. And the reason I share that saying all the time is because I need that reminder because I constantly get kind of sucked into this idea of like, oh my God, that person doesn't like me or, oh my God, I can't believe that person said that about me. And then I have to bring myself back to, hey, that doesn't matter for me, like in the, at all. Like it's none of my business, really, really. Um, but lately, like the past couple of weeks, I've had a hard time really letting go of the naysayers. Uh, my good friend Jen Pastelov, she has this beautiful saying where, you know, if there's a hundred people um, kind of talking to you or leaving you a comment on Instagram or sharing something or, you know, telling, telling you what they think about you, there's 99 great ones where they tell you you're awesome and we love you and you're beautiful and everything is great. And then there's one comment that's just like, oh my God, you suck. You know, the tendency for us, the human ego, the human mind is that we always get stuck on that one, right? So her thing is like, she does a, a beautiful class centered around, you know, focus on the 99. Like really, like don't let yourself get stuck in that, you know, very like tiny bits of negativity that usually comes our way. Because when we focus on the good and the gratitude and everything that's already abundant and how much, like me personally, how much support I have, then, you know, that one person doesn't matter. Like I don't, I forget the exist. And sometimes... Of course, getting constructive feedback, like I really thrive off of that. And there's, uh, you know, people that take the time to email me when they have a thought about something. I always answer, either, either me, usually it's me or someone from my team. But if it's something that I feel like, wow, this person, you know, they're disagreeing with something that I'm doing for whatever reason. And they felt the need to sit down and write me an email about it. Sometimes it actually opens my eyes to something completely different that I never thought of, or maybe like a new perspective, or it opens a discussion where I can learn a little bit or grow. So I think constructive feedback is always great. And it's also how I run my business. That's how we improve and change things. But sometimes there's just a lot of, oh, there's just a lot of like total negativity. Ugh. And sometimes it's the same thing again and again. And it's just, I don't know, like I've been getting comments like, oh, your voice is so annoying. What the hell am I supposed to do with that? I can't change my voice. Like, you know, my voice is my voice. It is what it is. But then I had a moment where like, oh my God, like, is my voice annoying? Am I like, am I high pitched? Like I asked Dennis, do I have an annoying voice? He's like, yes, stop complaining. <laughs> Whenever you tell me what to do, like go fold the laundry or do this, that. He's like, yes, your voice is very annoying. <laughs> I mean, he's joking, of course, sort of. But, you know, there's lots of comments like that, that actually in the you know big scheme of things, they don't mean anything. I can't do anything with them. If I get stuck with them, it's just going to pull me down this pit of like, oh, I need to change to accommodate other people, which is just not how I roll and not how I want to live my life. So these past weeks, it's been kind of that, um, you know, for me moving back and forth. And 
constantly reminding myself to get back to the 99. Or in my case, it's like <laughs> a million amazing people telling me amazing things, um, which also, of course, isn't necessary. You know, none of this. Like feedback is just feedback. Comments on the internet is just that. It's just comments on the internet. It means doesn't really mean anything. And you know, anchoring in a place where you just know, okay, I'm okay the way I am, no matter what, and don't feel. I don't have to feel better if people tell me I'm great. I also don't have to feel worse if people tell me I'm not. So just feeling good in who I am and in my own skin, regardless of what goes on around me, because there's always going to be those kind of cycles, right? Like cycles where you feel more supported and then cycles where you don't. So keeping your feet on the ground as you are in this moment is just the most important thing. So anyway, I knew that going on this trip and teaching this class in Los Angeles, like it was a really important thing for me to do as well, because it's been so long since I taught a big community class, you know, a class where just the public is invited and everyone can come and a place for me to connect and meet and hug. And, you know, I, I really thrive off of that. And it kind of brings me back to this place where I remember why I do what I do. Because I can get really isolated. You know, I live in Aruba. It's a tiny island. I have a studio, but it's in, you know, it's island yoga in Aruba. And then I do a lot of stuff online. And, you know, if, if I never get to meet and connect with the people who are, um, who are in the community, you know, it's really, it's really a rare thing. And sometimes I can kind of forget that, oh, wait, like <laughs> this work that I do, it actually, it spreads out into the world. And then maybe it changes something for some people. You know, maybe there's people out there that are taking my classes online or following along through social media or participating in our like nonprofit initiatives. There's just so much good stuff that happens. And I am one of those people I need to be reminded in real life. Like I like to touch people and hug people. <laughs> and something that I decided, I can't remember which tour this was. It was one of the bigger yoga tours that we did a couple of years ago. Um, and always after class, uh, I would always stay and, you know, make an effort to connect with and meet as many people as possible and never turn a single person down. So even in a class of a thousand people, um, you know, maybe say 700 would stay and want to like connect or say hi or hug or, uh, or whatever, which is a lot of, a lot of people, of course, so I could spend, you know, an hour and a half or two hours teaching. And then four or five hours uh, hugging <laughs> people. And in the beginning, when I was doing that, and the classes were so big, um, kind of everyone, almost everyone, and I kind of, of course, understand that it's not a weird thing, but a lot of people would want to take a photo, kind of remember that they were there. And the class was a, uh, for a lot of people, it's a really, you know, it can be a super life-changing thing. Just, just to share, and if I take myself out of the equation and what I teach and how I teach it, but just to share uh, energy that, takes place in a room of a thousand people breathing the same breath, you know, moving the body in the same way, setting the same intention and just really getting together for the greater good of just, you know, the individual and me wanting to heal as a person, but also with this bigger purpose of wanting to bring something great out into the world. Uh, there's something super, super magical about that. So of course, people want to remember that they were there. And in the beginning, I mean, this was years ago, um, I would, you know, spend hours and hours and hours just taking photos <laughs> with people. Uh, and it took me a couple of classes or a couple of big classes like that to realize that, okay, uh, honestly, I don't enjoy that <laughs> so much. Um, really, you know, it's, it's, it's a really hard thing. I don't know if anybody's been in a similar situation. This is probably kind of a, an absurd and, and rare thing. Um, but, you know, standing in one place and smiling for like a thousand photos uh, in one go, it's just... I, don't, I think I can take maybe 50 and then that smile, it just kind of sticks to my face <laughs> and it's not really genuine anymore because it's exhausting, right? It's just super tiring. So after every one of those, you know, classes and after I just kind of 
taken a thousand photos and selfies. And I kind of noticed also how people, they would be so quick to leave the practice. You know, we would kind of join our hands to our heart, Anjali Mudra, and kind of bow it to the moment and seal with something really beautiful. Um, and then as soon as it was over, people would just kind of grab their phones and run off the mat and kind of, you know, I want to take a photo. I want to take a selfie. I want to, you know, you know, connect, 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 but it's this outward connection all of a sudden. So what I found was that people lost this inward connection of here I am in my breath, with my hands to my heart, in my practice for me. Um, and how can I take that into the world, but keeping my hands to my heart in the space. So that was kind of lost with this idea of, oh, I need to share on social media that I was here. So I did this thing, which was really challenging for me at the time, like super, super hard because I felt like I was letting people down and I wanted everyone to be super happy and not to feel like, I don't know, I felt like it was, a, I'm kind of blanking on the word. I felt like it was almost like a stuck up thing to do, but I decided I wasn't going to take any more photos um, in, in big classes or on tour with anyone. And in the beginning, you know, people were super upset and it was really hard for me to communicate. Um, they're like, well, I drove all the way here. It was like a five hour drive where some people sometimes fly in for these classes and now you can't even take a photo with me so I can show that I was here. And it was really hard for me to, to explain. It was just something about, um, you know, what I did instead is I would still meet everyone and talk to everyone and hug everyone. Like I would give 700 or a thousand hugs, no problem. Like literally no problem. I mean, it's still tiring, in another way, like spending four hours hugging people, but totally different than spending four hours with this kind of big smile plastered on your face, you know, taking selfies, which I knew because people just aren't present when the phone is out. And that's just, that's just how it is. When there's a photo taken, we kind of, and everyone does it. Everyone wants to look their best and smile for the camera and, you know, pose a little bit. And as soon as there's a phone or a camera in the equation, we get automatically pulled from our hearts and from our bodies. Um, you know, versus when we hug and we connect and we look each other in the eye and we can talk and ask questions and, you know, then I can engage as well. And I realize I have so much in common with all these people. So whatever it is that, that a person, you know, that was there would want to share with me, like I can really listen to that and take it in and, and feel it too. So I made that decision and a few people were really upset in the beginning because, you know, it's kind of this, yeah, this social media thing, of course, like this has grown through social media. It's still yoga. It's really hard to merge yoga with social media. I mean, it's, it's hard. I still don't know if it's really <laughs> doable at all. But what I found is once I set that kind of rule, and I would say it at the beginning of class, you know, sorry, I don't take any photos anymore. Um, you know, take a photo of Ringo if you want. <laughs> Dennis is walking around. You go, go, go take a selfie with <laughs> him, like throw Dennis under the bus. Um, but I would just love to hug everyone. Um, and as soon as that became kind of the thing, like people stopped bringing their phones uh, into these practice spaces. Like it became a totally different thing. And I don't know, like at our studio, like we don't allow phones in the shala. Like that's a crazy thing. I don't know any yoga studio that would allow phones in the, in the studio. Like sometimes in class, um, I'll see someone like pull out a phone from underneath the mat and, you know, they, they want to shazam the music or snap a photo from their mat. I'm like, how is that? <laughs> to me, that's just a biggest contradiction of all. Like if I have a phone somewhere close to my mat, I cannot be present in my body at all. And I want everyone who walks into the shala, into the studio at Island Yoga to be present in their bodies. That's why we open the studio. That's why we practice yoga. So separating these things, it's just, it's so, 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 so important. So this was the part that I was really excited about for this LA class, just to connect with people again, because it's been, I mean, this was 2016, December, I taught that class in New Jersey and I haven't taught anywhere. You know, I, I taught at Olivia's bachelorette party <laughs> uh, last week, um, you know, uh, 
that was like the one class I taught outside of Aruba, basically, in, in this whole time. But otherwise, it's other than that, it's been just island yoga. So I was really excited about that. Um, so yeah, I kind of got on this plane. <laughs> I need, you know, I love to get sidetracked all the time, but I always find my way back. Hmm? Um, so I get on the plane, I realize it was an 11 and a half hour flight after already having, you know, been up like, I don't know, forever. Like it was just oh, already, I was like kind of done. It was a long travel day, 11 and a half hours. And I sit back and I'm like, oh my God. And the first hour of this flight, just knowing that it was a much longer flight than I thought, almost twice the length. And I was really agitated and I was kind of like, couldn't relax. And I had my phone in my hand and I brought my computer up and I was like, no. And, 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 and you know, they have those little screens. You can watch a movie or whatever. I couldn't get stuck on any. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with myself? What am I going to do? And then I kept repeating that. Like, oh, what am I going to do for 11 and a half hours? What am I going to, what am I going to do? What? And then as I was repeating it, I was like, wait, there's something very, very different about this flight right now. And I kind of looked around and I, <laughs> it just dawned on me. I'm like, I have 11 and a half hours without a shrieking toddler <laughs> on this plane. I have 11 hours on this plane alone. Like I have 11 hours where I can do whatever I want <laughs> for however long I want, because I have like, I have 11 hours. <laughs> And it's just kind of, I don't know how it didn't sink in before, but it was just completely turned from this like, oh my God, I'm going to be stuck on a plane for so long. Oh, how boring to like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> and I got so excited. I mean, and it's really weird, but I mean, I've never really enjoyed flying. I'm not one of those people that like gets on the plane and is all excited to be on a plane. Um, I like arriving where I'm going. I love traveling, used to love traveling at least. I don't know if, if I can say that still. But I've never been like a plane person. Dennis is a plane person. Like he'll get on a plane and just sleep and he enjoys airplane food. And, you know, if he can order a glass of wine, he will and kind of watch a movie like he, he normally enjoys that. But of course, since having the baby, um, yeah, there has been zero enjoyment of any flight we have been on <laughs> since the baby was born. Uh, I'm not going to drag on about that anymore because a lot of these recent podcasts have been about the challenge of traveling with Lea Luna. And I'm starting to understand Lea Luna is... Like not every child is this challenging to travel with. Like def like definitely. Now I'm talking to people about it and some kids sleep well on flights. Some kids are like, okay, kind of agitated, but they still, you know, they're not like screaming, shrieking, crying for 10 hours straight. You know, Lea Luna is definitely, she hates the airplane. So every flight for me that I've had over the past I mean, over the past 14 months has been just total hell and super stressful, like so, 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 so stressful. And when I had that realization, okay, wait, I'm on this long flight and I know she's taken care of. I know she's with grandma. She's in France. They're going to have an awesome time. Dennis is great. He's bachelor partying it up somewhere. I can just sit here. I can order a glass of wine and no one's going to bother me. Like no one's going to disturb me. There's nothing I have to worry about. Not even Ringo is on the plane because Ringo's probably flying with me too. No, Ringo stayed with Olivia in France. So like, what did I do? I just kind of like leaned back in my seat a little bit. I kicked my shoes off. I put on socks. I ordered a glass of wine and I just kind of like fully, <laughs> fully immersed myself in this plane. Like it was just, oh, I, I watched everybody listening if you have not watched money heist on netflix holy shit um you have to watch it in spanish you cannot watch i mean i, I don't know how people can watch dubbed uh, things you have to watch it in spanish with subtitles it's called uh, la casa de papel and it's uh it, it's it's 
I, it's the show of the year. I mean, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I kind of wish I hadn't seen it so I could just watch it all over, all over again. I'm definitely going to watch it again with Dennis because he hasn't seen the whole thing yet. But it's the best show. Oh, my God. It's the best show. Keeps you on your toes. So I watched an entire season of this show, like an entire season of Money Heist. Almost an entire season. I think like eight episodes or something in a row completely immersed I had a little bag of chips I had like oh my god I was I was so enjoying myself just watching this show like it was so good and then I pulled up my computer I got so much work done things that I've put on like a to-do list that I have on my computer that is just I mean it's longer than it's so long I started checking things off I went through all my all of my inboxes I got like 600 emails squared away it was just, I was super productive, but I also totally relaxed and did nothing at the same time. So when the flight was done, I was like ready to roll. <laughs> I was so, you know, that, that feeling of um, feeling complete in a day. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? So if you know you have a lot of things to do, whether it's work or family or house or home or yourself or whatever, you know, we all have things we want to kind of complete in a day. Uh, I haven't had a day where I've felt like, oh, I did everything I, I set out to do today. I haven't had a, a day like that since I since I gave birth. I mean, for, for sure not. <laughs> and that day, I mean, it was a really long day of travel, but I got to have a day like that where I was like, oh my God, I am done with everything that I'm supposed to do. So I landed in LA and I had my friend, one of my like, like oh, super close old friends, uh, Rose, she came with me to kind of just explore and have a, have a, have a merge this kind of work thing I was doing with a little bit of a girls weekend. So she was there when I landed and I landed and I didn't have to think about anything. I don't have to think about the baby because she's fine. She's cool. Dennis is good. Ringo's good. Work was done. I can just be in Los Angeles and enjoy. So we really had an awesome, awesome, awesome time. Like it was just, oh, and I feel so glad to say that because normally when I have those busy, intense, short work trips, I don't enjoy myself. I mean, I'll have enjoyable moments for sure. Like teaching, I always love teaching. Um, if, if that's what I'm doing. But the, the trip I had, uh, when was this December when the baby was eight or nine months? Uh, it was for, for a shoot, for a cover shoot for women's health. Uh, there was not five minutes of that trip that I enjoyed. <laughs> I was just, no, no, no. I, I just, I missed the baby so much. It was my first time without her. I missed her so much. I didn't enjoy anything. But this trip in LA, I got to fully immerse myself. So I spoke to the baby on FaceTime once. Okay, I was gone five days, four nights. I spoke to the baby once. I got, you know, little updates, of course. Like I would watch my mom's Instagram stories. She shares a lot about the baby. Um, she'd send me like little updates about what they're doing like once a day, but we barely spoke. Like I was not agitated on my phone waiting to see what was going on with Leah Luna. No, it was just, if my mom wrote me, then that was cool. And if she didn't, that was cool too. I just really trusted that everything was totally fine. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Being a busy, on-the-go working mom, I need healthy meals that fit my lifestyle. Plant-based, quick, easy, and delicious. And luckily, I can have all of this and much more with Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest sends one-step prep, plant-based, healthy eats right to your door. You don't even have to think about making the healthy choice. It's delivered right to you. You can choose from smoothies, savory harvest bowls, overnight oats, and more, all in perfectly portioned cups and filled with frozen organic fruits and vegetables. An amazing meal or snack made from delicious whole ingredients is ready for you in as little as 30 seconds. Each cup from Daily Harvest stays fresh in your freezer until you're hungry and then simply add water or your favorite milk to the cup and blend or heat. Smoothies and harvest bowls make a great healthy lunch or afternoon snack. I'll even prep overnight oats or chia parfait before bed and grab it as I'm running out the door to teach. 
Daily Harvest cups are perfect to have on hand for those days when you don't have the time to cook. They understand that with a busy lifestyle comes the need for convenient but healthy food choices. And these deliciously accessible organic foods from Daily Harvest are becoming my first choice at any time of day. Try them out for yourself. Go to daily-harvest.com and enter the promo code YOGAGIRL to get three items for free in your first box. That's promo code YOGAGIRL for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. daily-harvest.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. And the thing about LA or France to LA is that it's a nine-hour time difference. So... Uh, you know, if I would wake up in the morning and it's nine o'clock, that means it would be like 6 p.m. Leah Luna's time. So she would have only one more hour to be awake. So the time and space for us to interact and chat throughout the day, like there was no, none of that really, no space. So, and of course the time difference, of course, um, I mean, for anyone, it's, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, yes, yes, yes. A lot of people are asking like, what are your best tips for um, for jet lag and things like that. I mean, I do a couple of things and I always do them no matter where I'm going or how big the time difference is. So now it was like a complete reversal of day and night, but it was such a short trip. So it wasn't, you know, you could say it's not really necessary or purposeful to turn everything around. What I find is it's just best to sink into the rhythm of the place you've arrived in right away. So I arrived like three or four in the afternoon. I was super tired because I was late, late, late at night, uh, friends time, but I, you know, made an effort to stay up until like 10. Uh, so when I slept, I slept the whole night and yeah, I woke up at like 2 a.m. and then 3 and then I woke up at 5 and then I managed to sleep all the way through 8. So when I woke up at 8 a.m., I'm already on a late time which doesn't stop you from, of course, getting super tired as <laughs> later in the afternoon or later in the day. But I just, I just try to, you know, I don't hold on to the time zone of where I came from. I just immediately get on the time of wherever you are. I mean, time is just such an abstract thing as well. It's more about, okay, what does my body need in this moment? So I do that. I reset the clock right away and I'm just on a late time. And then drink a ton of water. It's like I'll overdo water. Already on the plane, I'm one of those people I need to sit in an aisle seat because I drink so much when I fly. I need to go to the bathroom a lot and I don't want to climb over someone. So um, just hydrate, hydrate. And when I land, I, I drink insane amounts of water. Just I feel like it helps to flush everything out of your system and for your body to kind of balance with where you're at. Um, so I do that. And then I try to not think about it too much. Like don't talk so much about... Uh, oh my God, it's middle of the night for me right now. Or, oh my God, I'm so tired. You know, just kind of do what you do. <laughs> and yeah, if you get exhausted and you feel like you need to take a nap, take a nap. But um, it just, all those things at least help me adjust a little bit more. 
So we got there and it was Rose, my friend Rose. It was her first time in Los Angeles ever. And my brother's there. So he came to meet us. Um, we had a, had a really nice, what did we do? We had a really nice dinner the first night, kind of took it a little bit easy. And then in the morning, we walked the whole boardwalk, like Santa Monica, Venice, um, went shopping a little bit. We got our palms red, which okay, I always do on the boardwalk. And I know, I mean, people are going to tell you like, oh, like those boardwalk, like, psychics and you know tarot card readers and and palm readers it's just full of shit maybe it is but I like (laughs) I like to do those sort of crazy wacky things and whenever I I travel specifically because I find um, people tend to tell me the same things I don't know so of course a lot of this is also like being good at reading people but I don't know. She said some really interesting stuff. And Rose's palm reading, like Rose is a very, very specific person. And the thing she told Rose was like, I'm like, how did she know all of this about you? Like everything about you. So she's a psychologist. <laughs> and she was like, how's your relationship going? And she said, yeah, it's going pretty well. She's like, huh, make sure that when you speak to him, you speak from your relationship heart, not from a therapist heart. <laughs> and she didn't know, right, that she was a, that she was a psychologist. And she was like, what do you mean? Like, don't, overanalyze everything he says you know like like if you were a therapist you would do that don't like do that and we were like okay (laughs) you know like how does she know all this stuff she told me that um one of the first things she said she said you need to keep your life more private uh don't overshare everything with the world and I was like do you follow me on Instagram (laughs) are you are you like an Instagram follower and that's where you're telling me these things she's like no I don't have Instagram (laughs) which maybe she does I mean who the fuck knows but she also said some really specific things about, uh, she said, I would have two kids for sure, uh, maybe three if I would, if, if I would feel up for it, she said, um, and that I, I, that I shouldn't be such a, a hard headed person and so stubborn. I need to learn to relax and trust a little bit more and go with the flow also of other people. I mean, so some of these things are very like generic. I feel like they could fit on a lot of people, but I don't know. It's, 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 it's an interesting thing. And it was 10 bucks, you know, it's not that big a deal. So we did that. And then we had, of course, you know, I taught, I taught the class, um, which was in West Hollywood, I think we were. Uh, it was Propel had a, a festival there, a big like fitness festival. And there was a bunch of yoga and different fitness, um, fitness instructors of different kinds. And Ludacris was playing and Mark Ronson was there. And I, there was just a lot of fun stuff happening. So I thought I would kind of walk you through <laughs> how one of these events go, because people ask me this a lot. Um, if you've ever taken one of those types of classes with me you know a big class which of course is very different from a studio class or a private class or just a regular yoga class overall so how does it work Um, just putting one of those things together and also how to keep the ambiance intimate and special which for me is just the single most important thing um, so kind of the run of show, and, and I always get sent something like this before, um, before getting there. It's very, very, very intense. And for me, uh, this is the hardest part. The hardest part, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, functioning on, functioning on a schedule that doesn't allow any space for something unexpected. You know, especially when I'm dealing with my own community and people that are coming to practice with me. Uh, I usually don't plan my classes a lot, but I'll see, you know, what's the energy of the room and who's shown up and how's everybody feeling? Are people emotional? Are people ecstatic and joyful? You know, what, what's going on and how can I work with that um, to bring us all to the same place, right? And to bring out what's needed to come out um, in this moment. So someone asked me because right after everything I had press interviews and some media and and someone asked me like, well, do you get nervous teaching a class of this size? And I said, you know, really honestly, no. Like when I teach a class that I produce, a class that I'm um, creating myself, so like one of my own tours or my own classes or events, 
No, because then I am in charge and I get to decide everything. So, you know, the sound check can be an hour long if I want. Um, you know, of course, I choose the ambiance in terms of stage and lighting and how I get on and off the stage so I can adjust people and be in the room. Um, I'm kind of in control of how everything works, making sure that that intimate space is created. When I teach... Uh, for someone else or like at an event that I'm not putting on. So say like right now, like in a festival like this, then I'm not in charge of those things, but I have to try my very best to communicate all of those things and how important it is because it's not, um, you know, one of my classes, it's not fitness. It's not like a, uh, what else do they have on the schedule? They have like some really cool, fun stuff on the schedule, but like a, a workout class, for instance, um, it's not at all the same, but for me, I'm very specific of what's required so that I can create this ambiance and the vibe that I want. Um, to make it intimate, which is at the end of the day, just kind of the, the point of everything. So for this class and how it went exactly, so runoff show was like something like this. It was, um, you know, leaving the hotel where I was at. There was a, a car service to pick me up at, I think, 1.30. And arrival had to be exactly 2.30, no later. And then 2.30 to 2.45, there was a little bit of space for like social media stuff, like some things that I was doing uh, for the festival when I was there. And then 2.45, uh, there was a meet and greet immediately so like ding, ding, and then meet and greet and the meet and greet was structured of course because it was within the realms of this festival and they decide how much time you have and how much space there is for each person so I think the original plan was at least 100 people the class was 200 something uh, and I think half of those people had space to kind of join there was space for 100 I think to join this meet and greet and uh, you know and then I was okay so the meet and greet and it's going to be 30 minutes long and I said 30 minutes like that's that's really short <laughs> you know I, I 30 minutes that's that's kind of crazy I would rather have like at least an hour maybe an hour and a half and they were like no 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 like there's no space for that because there's another class right before and then there's a class right after so it has to be within this this space and within this time um so that means you have you know just just it's, it's going to be very normal just how everybody does it they're like you know because they're doing this with all their influencers and kind of people that they bring in to teach so it's just you know there'll be a line and then you'll take a photo and then you'll see the other person take a photo and, they, and they, you know and I was like you know like uh that's not really how I do it <laughs> I'm not really in it you know it's just not not just a photo like I'm happy to take photos and I took photos this time but you know I, I'd like to meet every person and really hug them and sometimes there's questions and sometimes they want to share something with me and uh you know I would love to have more time with each person and it was just you know there was no space for that so when we arrived, somehow we managed to kind of, I arrived 30 minutes early. So we managed to push everything 20 minutes or something earlier so we could start the meet and greet earlier. So I am, a, you know, there's a line, which is always weird. Uh, it's, it's always really weird. If anyone has been, you know, part of an event like this, um, it's, it's just weird to have a, a line of people, people lined up to kind of, to say hi to you. It's super weird. I would, if I got to choose, we would all like sit around the fire and like drink a glass of wine and just hang out <laughs> I mean that would that would be the more natural way for me but this is just how how these things go so um and then I'm meeting everyone and you know I felt like okay I'm trying to really slow things down as much as I can but they were kind of speeding things up and and hugging everyone and connecting with everyone and some people had questions and you know got some extra time to speak and really um kind of be with each other and some people just wanted a quick photo and then they ran off because they were wanted to go to class and, and all this stuff so it went really well. I think at the end of the day, no one was, you know, no one felt rushed. I really hope so because, you know, it, to me, to me, it felt, it felt really, really good. And then immediately following that, like I hugged the last person and then it's like, okay, we have five minutes to do sound check or 10 minutes to do sound check. So it's like into this room where they've put all the mats down already. And whoever was on stage before me had done something completely different. So they were changing the stage up completely and removing all the sound equipment and everything. 
And then, you know, I, I get to put my mic pack on and, and, you know, test the sound together with my, with my music. And I use this little Spotify, like Spotify app for everything. And then we test that and it's super intense and super quick. And then it's like, okay, go into the green room. We're opening the doors. And then they shove me into the green room, which is just in the back. And then all the people run in and they, you know, go to their mats and they get ready. And then I had like five minutes in the green room while they fill the room. And then it's like, okay, ready, showtime. And they just push me out on stage. And, you know, and then I'm like, hello. <laughs> Hi, everyone. You know, it's it's really strange. And this is just how, how it is, you know. Um, and, and this is, I think, where it gets it gets really contrasting. And this event was amazing. Like, really how oh, they were on time for everything. It was super structured. They were really on point with everything. The quality of everything was great. Um, they took listened to everything I said in terms of lighting in the room and, and kind of uh, how I wanted the music and how I wanted the stage. And, I mean, they did everything really, 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 really well. They were just super, super sweet. Um, but this whole concept of merging a performance, because it kind of... It sort of is like that a little bit. I mean, I'm teaching, so it's not a performance. I'm not there to perform. I'm there to guide people into themselves. But this idea of merging yoga with kind of a performance or with an act or with an event in this way, it's super contrasting. Of course, it's really a hard thing to merge. So when I'm teaching a normal class, like when I'm home at Island Yoga, I mean, I say I can I can roll out of bed and just, you know, hit the studio. But of course, I always take a moment before getting in the classroom where I get to sit and ground and gather myself, right? So it's just, um, and it's also this kind of home environment where I meet people in the, you know, I, I meet them in the cafe beforehand and I see them every week and then I, you know, it's my home, it's my space. So it's very easy for me to just be there. But in this sort of event, um, you know, kind of this energy of, of performing and, and they, this event, you know, they flew me there and it's a big deal. And, and then I'm on stage and I'm wearing a mic and there's 200 something people sitting there, like looking at me with expectation of like, oh my God, hi yoga girl, how are you? And I am just Rachel, right? And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm jet lagged. <laughs> I've, I've left my baby in France. I'm all of a sudden I'm on stage. And, you know, that exact moment for me, it's always like this make it or break it moment, right? Okay. How can I in just one breath, like I have one breath now to really arrive and just to be here and to put all of this other stuff aside and to not let anything get to my head and to not, um, you know, and I say this all the time, like everyone on a pedestal is pretending everyone. So any, you know, teacher or any famous teacher or well-known teacher or anyone who's teaching big classes who's kind of there thinking like, oh, you know, I'm the greatest person in the world. Look at all these people. They're just here because they adore me and they're just here because they want to take part of my amazing godlike teaching. <laughs> you know, no, <laughs> that doesn't work. And I know the reason people follow me and the reason people make an effort to come to these types of classes, it's because they resonate with who I am at my core. It's not just this idea of this yoga girl person as if I was some, you know, artist or, or something on stage, but like, you know, I am on everybody's level all the time and usually like below like I get stressed out I, I go through pain and I share that I go through grief and I share that and I'm very human and I share all of that and that's why I've made this connection not because I'm better than anyone but because I am so very much exactly the same as everyone listening as everyone who's there in the room you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl the seasons may not change in my home country of Aruba, but I still like to spring clean in March, hit the beach more in June, pull out my knitting supplies in September, and cozy up with tea and my husband in December. Luckily for me, to get in the spirit of each coming season, there is an awesome product out there called FabFitFun. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box for women to treat themselves and discover new products. Every box you receive will contain amazing surprises of full-size fashion, beauty, home, fitness, and wellness products. 
There will never be sample sizes of anything. With summer coming up, FabFitFun Summer Box is now on pre-sale. Knowing that something is coming in the mail for me full of goodies is always so much fun. And when I open my box and see cool makeup cases with my favorite Tarte products, colorful beach towels, moisturizers, body butters, jewelry, and more, I can't help but feel extra prepared for hitting the beach in Aruba. FabFitFun delivers boxes four times a year as the seasons change for only $49.99 a box, which is an amazing value. Many products' individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. And here's a spoiler. The Foreo Luna Fofo has retail value of $89. This is an awesome facial cleansing product that you will be the first to get your hands on. It's powered by Bluetooth technology and advanced skin sensors to create a totally personalized profile. This is the face washing product of the future and only one of the many amazing finds that will be in your FabFitFun box. Summer boxes start shipping May 23rd. The total retail value of the box is over $320 and you get all of this for only $49.99. You don't want to miss out on this amazing opportunity. Sign up for the FabFitFun box today to get your summer box. The FabFitFun summer box is in limited supply and these boxes always sell out. Use my code Rachel to get $10 off of your first box. Go to fabfitfun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well lived. Use the promo code Rachel to get $10 off of your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to fabfitfun.com. Use my code Rachel to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. So if I would enter with this idea of like, oh, I'm a person on stage now, you know, I would never be able to make the connection in that intimate level that's required for a class of that size to not become a show, right? For it to not become like a circus or some sort of, um, some sort of performance, which is, it's absolutely not. So I do a couple of things and I think this, all of this, I mean, it, it works on all scales, I guess, but I'll take a breath. Um, I sit down and I always kind of, you know, I, I say hi and I say hi like three times until everybody says hi back. I, I do something to break the ice, which usually involves sharing uh, either something embarrassing, <laughs> something hard, um, something like crappy. Uh, I curse a lot. I just, you know, I, I, I'm just myself as much as I can. And actually in a, in a class at Island Yoga, I, I would probably be a little bit more like teacher-like, like hello everyone and, you know, a little bit more proper. But in a big class, I make the effort to just immediately drop to ground level of like, okay, I I don't have to play the role of the teacher right now. I'm just playing the role of a person who connected everybody here today, which is awesome. But the point is to connect all of us together and to connect back into our own body. So it's not about me, right? And if I was on stage talking about me and, you know, here's what I'm doing and I'm going to do this, uh, it, it would be really hard for everyone to drop back into their own space and to remember why they practice and why are they on the mat today? And most importantly, like, what do they have to work with? Is it a hard day? Is it a good day? What's going on in my body, in my heart, in my soul, in my life? And how can I use this practice and this room full of people in the same practice to elevate, right? Because that's the whole point. So yeah, so I usually kind of make a little bit of an ass of myself in the beginning. And then, uh, and then of course, as soon as I start guiding the first pose, whatever it is we're doing, the first breath of the practice, um, I've forgotten about everything else. Then, you know, it doesn't matter if there's 2000 people in the room or two people in the room. Um, it's just, it's the same for me that the, the teaching is just, it's just always, always the same. Oh, I wonder if you guys can hear that there's dragonflies here right now. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I teach the class anyway, and, and this was a particularly short one that I stretched a little bit. 
And then uh, I guess here was the one challenging thing was that after class, normally I would stay and everyone who wants to say hi, I would, you know, make the super effort to just connect with every single person. And now there was a few people that kind of walked up and, you know, hey, and wanted to share something. And then the producer grabbed me like, oh, you got to go. You got press interviews. And I had to just leave immediately. And that was the one part of the whole event that I was like, oh, didn't feel great because I really wanted to stay and connect with every single person. But then I thought, okay, I, I had like 50% of everyone I met already beforehand and I like to think everything went, everything went really well. And then after that, so immediately after teaching, normally in a normal class, I would decompress, I would take a moment, you know, I would like drink a cup of tea or some water. But now I was kind of thrown into these interviews with some, um, I don't know, news outlets and some, some bloggers and things like that. Uh, and then, you know, it was done and then you're like, okay, we have a car service for you outside. Thank you so much. You know, well, well, bye. <laughs> and I grab my stuff and I'm out. And then, uh, I'm in the car and the car, by the way, had the license plate Luna one. How crazy is that? And I spent the whole day kind of talking about signs because there was just so many signs. I, I mean, if you look for signs, you will find them, but yeah, that was like the end of the day full of signs was I got a Luna car, which is totally random and so, so amazing. And then that's it, you know. So in the whole, it was like the whole, everything is like maybe three hours I spent like at the event total. And it's, of course, you know, very intense in a super world when all of a sudden I'm, I'm back in my hotel. And, you know, I have some really, some of my best friends live in LA. And we, you know, we had, I think, I think we had dinner with the same people every single night and had lunch with the same people every single day, um, pretty much, you know. And then I have like a glass of wine in my hand. Oh, no, we had, oh, it was Cinco de Mayo. So we, uh, we cooked dinner at home with some friends of mine and, and, and had um, grapefruit margaritas. And it was awesome. And then go to bed and then it was the last day. And then, you know, we did a little bit of shopping and I got to see Liz Arch, who was a, was a really good friend of mine. who just had a baby and her little sky and it was so great. So all in all, like this weekend just flies by and the event, you know, the reason that I'm there, I mean, essentially it's like an hour of teaching. So I'm going across the whole world, literally to the other side of the world to teach this one hour class and then, and then I'm back. But everything, I think because I was able to not think of the baby and to just be really, really, really there the whole time, uh, I had a, such a good time. Like I literally had just such a great um, time. There was not even really a moment where I felt like, oh, you know, I wish I was, I wish I was back in France where of course, you know, my whole family is here and, and my, my friends and, uh, you know, Olivia's getting married here. So it's just filling up with people. And I didn't feel once that oh, I missed out and I'm going to do this thing, crazy thing across the world. I felt really good all throughout. Um, so what I'm getting at anyway is uh, the trip home. And then it wasn't until I got on the flight home. Of course, the flight was as long. <laughs> the trip is as long. So it's like 20 something hours total um, to get back to where I was. And I'm getting on the plane. And then I started kind of, I started thinking about the baby. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to see her today. And then I realized, wait, it's Monday. I'm going to arrive. It's going to be Tuesday. Okay, wait, I'm going to see her tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to put her, I'm not going to think about her yet. It's too much time. It's like a whole day left. No, I'm not going to think about her. So I'm on the plane with Rose and again, I like did my emails, which wasn't that bad because it only been a weekend. Um, we watched a movie together. I read a book. I bought a book at the airport. I have not bought a book, like a book book, <laughs> like a novel just to read leisurely for fun. I mean, in forever. I started reading this crime novel. It's so good. Oh my God. It's called, what is it called? Magpie Murders. It's really complicated <laughs> and it's like a British novel so if you're not into complex British crime stories you're not gonna like it but I really like that <laughs> kind of stuff um 
So I'm reading that. And then we get to Amsterdam. And when we land, it was the day of the baby. So we landed at 9 a.m. And then we land. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to see the baby today. And then suddenly, like when I realized, okay, I'm, it was sort of like I, I switched I switched it on. I put this on switch of baby in my head. And baby switch had been off the whole weekend, which I think is how I was able to really enjoy myself so much. But we land in Amsterdam and it was 9. I knew I was going to see her exactly at 4 or maybe 3.30. Um, I started thinking about the baby. And then all of a sudden I'm like texting my mom and, you know, how is she doing? What are you doing? She's like, what? This is day five. Like, why are you like asking all these questions now? Like, everything's been fine. Great. Every day. It's great today too. See you later. And, you know, I get on the plane. I go to Marseille. And I didn't have a phone because I left my fr French SIM card in uh, in LA accidentally. So I kind of, I, I really wanted to make sure that they were going to be there at the hotel or at this little apartment that they're renting when I came there. Because one, I didn't have any internet or a phone. Uh, so I couldn't reach them. I didn't know how to get in because it's kind of a, a gated thing. Um, and I, you know, was counting down the hours to see the baby. So I said, I sent like, I don't know how many, three or four voice messages like, uh, okay, I'm arriving at 3.30, between 3.30 and 4, I'm arriving exactly then. So make sure you're home. And then as I leave Marseille Airport in the car, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to lose internet now. Don't forget I'm there. And just the last like little flight and then I arriving into Marseille, then I got super stressed. I got super stressed and I noticed it in myself like oh my god this I've been so calm and so chill and so relaxed and so content this whole trip even though it's been very intense I've been very content but getting into Marseille airport I can feel my stress levels rising because I felt like I'm so close to the end goal now you know it's that like I'm almost there I'm almost there and I just I really tried because I could sense it coming you know okay wait I'm not there yet I still have to, you know, get off the plane in Marseille, go through customs, get in the car, and then it's a 45-minute drive, you know, and then I'm going to see the baby. I can still be here now. I don't have to go and be over there. No, I can still be here, and I can try to really be here until I'm there, which will also be here <laughs> then, you know, you know what I'm saying? But I, was, I wasn't able to. I don't know what happened. So I land in Marseille, and I'm like, oh, my God, baby's almost here. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I start realizing when I started, you know, missing her. I started realizing like, oh my God, I am so tired. And I hadn't really felt that tired feeling all week. And I've been on this super high, like really hyper, working super hard, doing so many things, having a lot of fun. And then I realized, oh wait, like I'm really exhausted. Holy shit. And then I get to customs and there's this like automated thing where you just put your passport in and you can go through, which normally works for me all the time. It doesn't work. And I'm standing there and I had a lot of hand luggage. And it's just, it won't take my passport. And then there's a line behind me, so I can't get anywhere. And I also can't move forward. So I was like stuck and I'm sweating. And and I've just started getting like a little bit panicked. Like, oh my God, I just want to get out of this fucking airport. Like, ugh. and I had to w make my way through all those people and then go to the other side and then stand in line forever to get through, you know, customs control. And then finally make it outside. And then this, uh, th this car service is there and I get in the car and he's like driving so slowly and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm just looking at like however fast he's driving instead of just, can I just be here? And I kept, you know, okay, where's my breath? Where's my body? And then I find myself glancing at the dashboard, like, oh my God, can he just, can he drive faster than like 30 miles per hour? Like, come on, come on, come on. And I just, I just couldn't, like, it was just so, 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 so hard. And then I realized, even though it felt like he was driving so slow, we had landed early. So we got to Mossan early or to this French town early. And I thought, okay, I can go to Olivia's house and get our suitcases and get Ringo. And then I'll get to the place and it will be exactly the time I set. So they will for sure be home. And then, you know, everything is great. And I don't have to go and, and get the luggage later. So that's great. So I go with this guy, get our luggage, get Ringo. So it took an extra 20 something minutes. And then I get to this finally, like we're outside this hotel where, where we're going. And I know I told my mom that we're coming at this time and it's exactly the time I said. 
and they're not there. <laughs> it was just this total like, um, is this an English word? In Swedish, we say anticlimax, which is like you're building the suspense and it's building, 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 and then everything just falls flat. <laughs> it's like this anticlimactic thing. I don't know. And then, you know, there's a gate there and I can't get in and no one is there. And, you know, I'm trying to get this French driver who only speaks French to see if they can call the hotel and let me in. And then they're picking up, but they're like, we don't have anyone checking in today. And I'm like trying to explain, I'm not checking in. They're already checked in. I'm going to see like the baby, my mom. And they don't understand. So it took forever. And then finally they let us in. And there's another gate behind the gate. And then no one's picking up. And I'm standing there like in the car, like with all my stuff. And this driver is getting really agitated super tired he's like you know I took an extra round just to pick up your stuff like I'm just gonna leave you here I'm like no you can't leave me in the middle of the street like you know I had all the suitcases and then I had Ringo and I had Dennis suitcase like I had like eight items I'm like you can't just drop me here in the heat it was super super hot I'm like no 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 please 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 call again call again like have them open the gate and then it took another I don't know forever and then finally they like they go open the gate um and I come inside and the guy's just like pissed with me at this point so he just takes my luggage out and he dumps it on the side and I don't know where I'm going like there's a bunch of rooms there's a, like a little pool area in the back but I'm just there I'm like okay I'll just go knocking on all the doors I guess because there was no reception it's I don't know if this is an Airbnb or like an apartment, apart hotel, maybe there's no reception or anything. Um, so all this stuff is there. I'm sweating. I'm kind of smelly. I'm on the verge of tears because I mean, it's been like such a oh, suspense getting there and I just want to hold my baby. Like that's all I want. I want to hold my baby, say hi to everyone. I take a shower and just arrive where I am, but still in my body, I can't arrive. I can't be here because I'm waiting to see my baby. You are listening to From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Are you hiring right now? As a serial business owner myself, I know just how important it is to find great people. But how do you find the right people? We need something better than posting an ad online and praying that great candidates see it. That's why I use ZipRecruiter for all of my hiring needs. ZipRecruiter knows there is a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidate for you. ZipRecruiter takes the time to learn what you're looking for in a quality candidate and then identifies those with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter does not stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidate is out there and ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com yoga. ZipRecruiter.com yoga. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. So I go knocking on all the doors. No one is answering. There's no one anywhere. And then I managed to find which room or which apartment is my mom's because I find Lea Luna's bib outside. And then, there, you know, it's locked and no one is answering. So I go around the back and then that door is randomly open. So it is their place and all their stuff is in there, but no one is in there. <laughs> and by now I'm like in almost in despair. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like it's taken me 24 hours to get here. Like I had a 24 hour trip to Los Angeles, two intense days there and now all the way back. And all I want is to hold my baby. And I like, and now you can't even be here. And something inside of me just kind of snapped. Like, I don't, I don't know how, to else, how else to describe it. And I didn't have a phone. I couldn't reach them anywhere. So I dig through some luggage and I find Leia Luna's iPad, which we use for flights uh, for her to watch The Lion King and see, like, can I use this iPad for something? Because I don't know, I don't have internet. And then that phone was connected to the, or that iPad was connected to the Wi-Fi because they had been using it. So I download Skype on that iPad and log on to Skype on that iPad and then call my mom. And my mom is like, hello? 
all casual. And I'm like, you know, on the verge of like completely, um, complete meltdown. And I'm like, where are you? She's like, what do you mean? We're in town and the girls are at a market. And I'm like, but I'm here. I've been outside. I've been here for an hour. I've been in the sun on the stoop, like trying to, what do you mean? She's like, oh, I didn't know you were coming now. And she's like completely surprised. And I'm like, dude, I sent you so many messages. I was so clear. And I told you I wouldn't have a phone. I'm coming at 3.30, you know. And then, of course, her, because she was in a totally different space than me. And she's like, hey, like, have I not been watching your baby for five days, four nights? And then you arrive and you're going to be like guilt tripping me and angry. So I was disappointed. At least I kind of still am. We we still need to have a, a talk, my mom and I. But I was like, couldn't she show me a little bit of compassion in that? Okay, I had a horrible, like intensely long trip getting here. And yeah, maybe I'm a little bit tired and cranky. And, you know, she could be a little understanding of the fact that I just wanted to see my baby. But she wasn't. She was like, dude, screw you. Like, why are you giving me this tone? And we have a life and we do what we want. And then she just hung up. And I just like sat down and cried. <laughs> I just cried and I just cried and I just cried and and it was a really good cry, you know, one of those cries where it's just everything kind of releases all at once and then, you know, you you kind of can sense your tears are fading a little bit and then, no, I'm not ready, I'm not done crying yet, so you make yourself cry a little bit more. (laughs) Like I had one of those like hyperventilating, like, oh, like intense cries and then it ended and the tears were gone and I was like, okay, you know, and then there was a pool here, it's freezing cold and I just jumped in and dipped my face And as I was in the pool, I realized like, okay, I have been managing this really well all throughout. I've managed to have a great time. I've managed to be present. I did my thing. I worked. I did this whole cross the world trip in no time. But actually, it's been sort of like I was holding my breath the whole time. I don't know if anyone resonates with this, but it's sort of like I knew I had to do this thing. I didn't want to do it. I mean, no, no. Looking at it now, no, of course I didn't want to do it. I don't know why I said yes to it in the first place. I'm really happy I did now. I had a good time. I love teaching. Everything went really, it went as well as it possibly could have. But it's sort of like, I don't want to be away from my baby. Of course I don't. Leaving my whole family here to go and do this crazy trip. Like, no, that was a really challenging thing. But for me to be able to do that and to go and and perform and, and be my best self and teach my best class, I can't be in that space. So it's sort of like I... Like I put on a little shield of armor and I take a really deep breath and like I soldier on and I head out to Los Angeles and I'm like, everything is great. (laughs) But then I came home and then, you know, all these things in the very end and I'm counting the minutes down. Like when the guy was driving here, it was like seven minutes, six minutes, five minutes, three minutes. And I'm like, two minutes to Lea Luna, one minute to Lea Luna. (gasps) Yay. And then I get here and no one's fucking here. (laughs) You know, it was just all the suspense was there and then it just fell flat and I just like, ugh. Yeah. And I was really upset with my mom and I know all this stuff. And yeah, you know, in the big scheme of the world, like this is not a big thing, but I could really see how, oh, like, you know, I was kind of not pretending, you know, but there was a side of me that where this was all really, really hard to do where, yeah, I don't want to leave her. And we're taking a trip this intense. It's so exhausting, but allowing myself to feel tired just wasn't an option because it was such a short and intense trip. So I just, I kind of elevate and I go to this other level of like, I can do everything. And I really felt like this power warrior woman all weekend, like, oh my God, this is no big deal. I can be a mom. I can travel. I can leave my baby. I can teach and I can still feel awesome and still have fun. And all those things are true. But there's one level or one part of me that's sort of a little bit heartbroken (laughs) at the same time. And it's important that I let myself feel that. 
that's really my big my big takeaway from all of this that it's important that I let myself be in that that I let myself be tired feel tired that I let myself deflate completely that I let, let myself break down a little bit and that I let myself cry and feel sad and remember that yeah I miss my baby and my husband and my dog and you know this yeah oh my god you know, because I, th- I have this tendency to stay at that level of like, I can do everything. And then eventually I'm going to have a big crash and I don't want to have a big crash. So I can see now that, of course, you know, them not being home and all this stuff. And yeah, I need to have a little clearing with my mom because I think I was more upset with her than I should, should have been. But if I didn't have, if it didn't, that didn't happen exactly the way it would have, I would still right now, I would be recording this podcast, um, you know, feeling like warrior Rachel, like I'm going to war. <laughs> like I, I have to have this armor on and I'm like super energized and everything is so great. But there is a side of me that just needed a total release and cry and feel tired and sad and and let all of that just be there. And yeah, last night, thanks to the gift of my mom not not listening to me when I speak ever. <laughs> Um, this is definitely part of our part of our uh, part of our relationship. Oh my God! Sometimes I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. Like, do I need to write things down and kind of put it on the fridge? And you know, like, oh, it's 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 really it's it's a challenge sometimes. But thanks to this, you know, now I'm thankful for her, and now I'm thankful for this because I got to have that release, and it was really important. So when I saw the baby. Oh, I could cry now. Um, when I saw the baby, and it wasn't what I had imagined, like, oh, you know, they would be there and everything would be great, everybody happy. But then, yeah, I was kind of fighting with my mom because I was stressed and tired and all this stuff. And we went and she wasn't even, and then my mom came here, but the baby didn't come. So then someone opened the door and I was like, oh, and she's like, no, I left the baby. She's asleep in the stroller. She's in downtown. And I was like, oh my God, okay. And then I get there and I was already feeling so vulnerable and kind of tired and sad. And, and there she is. And she sees me and her whole face just breaks out into this huge smile. And she's like, mama. <laughs> and I get to pick her up and just squeeze her and hug 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 her and cry into her little neck and just oh, and I'm so happy I didn't you know see her for the first time after five days which is the longest we've ever been apart um as like soldiering on Rachel you know but that I got to be soft and kind of tired Rachel because of course that's where I relate the best and that's where I can be vulnerable and just be me and squishy and soft which is not my natural state. <laughs> I'm working on it to be more of my natural state, the softness, but um, I, I'm grateful for every chance I get for it to come out. And now we're all reunited. So actually five minutes after I saw her, you know, Dennis, like it timed so well, like he was in this car with 13 guys driving to Marseille and they were just driving by town exactly then. And then, you know, like we're hugging and then Dennis comes and she turns around and she's like, Papa? <laughs> And then we all hug and kiss and, you know, and Ringo is there and we're just all back to the family unit, the way things are supposed to be. Well, the way things are supposed to be, they're supposed to be the way they are, right? So really my challenge all the time is is being here now, being here now. And I, yeah, I, I did a great job this weekend. And then at the very, very end was like, okay, you know, letting myself be soft and be sad. That's also being here now. And that's where, like, that's where the gold is. Right? Being here now, being appreciative for what we have and how it's brought to us and <sighs> sitting with sadness if it's there, being hyper and being, you know, on work mode and, and, and going through everything and having fun and when that's there and then going through the cycles of up and down and down and up because that's how it goes. <laughs> So I'm really, really, really grateful for every single person who came out to practice with me this weekend. I'm really grateful that life gives me these amazing opportunities like holy fucking cow 
Ah, oh, really, thanks to Propel for bringing me out for this amazing festival. It was so much fun. To Rose for coming with me. All my friends in LA and my brother. I mean, it's been such a such a great thing. Like, oh, I'm going to look back at this and be like, oh my God, I did the coolest shit. <laughs> and look at that. And then something like at the end of that, something hard happens just for me to open and feel what was hard and then get right back into gratitude. So, so grateful, 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 grateful. And... I have goosebumps now. Tomorrow the wedding starts and on Friday I get to watch my two best friends get married and it's going to be just so magical. So next week's podcast will definitely be wedding oriented. I'm going to see if I can get Olivia on the podcast next week as a newlywed. We'll see. Until then, loving you, holding you. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Daily Harvest, FabFitFun, and ZipRecruiter. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>